This is Tailgate Till May. If you love college sports and you like to have a little action on the games, then this is the place for you because I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I love both of those things too. And I am back. I am ready to hit the stretch run hard here in this college basketball season. I got some relaxation. I got some rest. I got to soak up some sunshine, something we don't get a whole lot of up here in the middle of the winter. But most importantly, I am back and I am ready for the stretch run of college basketball season. We are less than four weeks away from Selection Sunday on my college basketball bets for the year. I am down 3.68 units, so I got some ground to make up. We got three and a half weeks till Selection Sunday, and that's exactly what I intend to do over this next month here. I am so excited for it. I can't wait for all of this action because there is a lot going on in the world of college basketball, and there's a lot going on with this show. Because of the time of year that we're at, I want to tweak the format a little bit here. I want to do more episodes. I want to do them more frequently, and I want to keep them a little bit shorter because we got a lot of games. We got a lot of games that I want to watch, that I want to talk about, that I want to give picks out on, and I just want to be able to come to you a little bit more frequently talking about the games yesterday, the games for the upcoming night, and get you those picks more frequently now that we're down the stretch run of the season and we're going to be hitting conference tournaments. We're going to be hitting the NCAA tournament, kind of probably tweak the format again once we get to the actual NCAA tournament. So TBD on what that is going to look like. But over the next three and a half weeks, as we lead up to Selection Sunday, I want to certainly be coming to you more frequently, giving you more picks and talking more college basketball so let's get right into it today and today i'm going to talk just about this thursday night slate tonight's slate of games then i'll come back tomorrow and i'll preview the weekend ahead give my picks out for those games and thursday nights are a uh, smaller slate in the world of college basketball the big 10 you get some Big Ten games on Thursday nights. You get some Pac-12 games on Thursday nights. And those are the two conferences we're really going to look at tonight because there's three games catching my eye from a gambling perspective tonight. There's really one big game that's catching my eye from what I would call a macro perspective, a big picture perspective when it comes to the NCAA tournament, when it comes to seeding. And I'm going to start there, even though that's the latest game of the night. And it's an 11 p.m. Eastern tip. It's number 21, Washington State, going to Tucson to take on the number four Arizona Wildcats. And when you look at this game from a Pac-12 standings perspective, it's number one versus number two in the league. Arizona is just a half game up on Washington State right now in those Pac-12 standings. Arizona sits at 11-3, and three, Washington at 11-4. and four. The Cougars beat Arizona earlier in the season at home. Now they have to go on the road and see if they can get the season sweep. This is a crucial game when it comes to the Pac-12 regular season title. It's a big game when it comes to NCAA tournament implications, seeding implications, because right now, Arizona is on that one line. Arizona seems to be the team, along with Purdue, UConn, and Houston, that is on that one line, but they're also a team that has some very big wins this season, but has been inconsistent at times throughout the season. 
We've seen them lose to FAU. We've seen them lose on the road to Stanford. I already mentioned that loss to Washington State, which actually looks better and better by the day. But they've also lost on the road to Oregon State. They have some some interesting losses there. And they also have a loss to Purdue, which is certainly nobody's going to consider that a bad loss. Uh, but they have some strange losses on that resume. Now, they also have some really big wins. They've beaten Duke. They've beaten Alabama, and that's a win that looks better and better by the day. So they got some big wins out of conference. They also beat Michigan State. They've beaten Wisconsin. So it's an interesting resume. It's certainly a protected seed resume right now, but they seem like the most vulnerable of those number one seeds right now. And when I made that bet on Kansas a few weeks ago to earn a number one seed at 19 to one, really in my mind, Arizona was the team that could fall out and make room for a team like Kansas or maybe Tennessee or maybe North Carolina. I just like the odds at 19 to one on Kansas the best. And I'm not going to rehash why I made that bet, but the 19 to one odds I really liked uh, Kansas is out of conference resume. I really like. So this is a big game for Arizona. I think it's critical for Arizona that they win the Pac-12 regular season title and they win the Pac-12 tournament if they want to get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And then from a Washington State perspective, they're right there on their heels for that Pac-12 regular season crown. And when you look at at the Cougars from a March Madness perspective and NCAA tournament perspective, they are in most brackets as somewhere between a six to eight seed. And there's a pretty big difference between a six and eight seed. You want to stay off that eight, nine, eight, nine seed line. If you're a team in that realm, because you want to, of course, avoid playing a number one seed in the second round. I don't have numbers in front of me. I'd actually, I would love to go look at some of these numbers and I will once we get closer to tournament time, but I'd imagine there's a pretty big statistical difference between playing a a three seed in the second round and playing a one seed in the second round. And that's what you're faced with when you you can earn a six seed or you could drop all the way to an eight or nine seed. It it feels like most years, a lot of those three, six matchups are basically coin flip games. They're basically toss up games. And I think it's really important for a team like Washington state to jump up to that six line and stay off the eight, nine line. And this would be a huge feather in its cap as they continue to build that tournament resume. And they're a team that has been extraordinarily hot over the past couple weeks. They're 7-0 and in their last seven games. Arizona 6-0 and over its last six games. So both of these teams are very hot. And to me, this is the big matchup of the night. It's unfortunate that it's going to be an 11 p.m. Eastern time game where you're not going to have as many eyes on it because I think it's going to be a really, really good one and one with big-time implications here. So Washington State took down Arizona State earlier in the season, and I'm inclined in this one to ride the Cougars again. I'm going with Washington State here, plus 12.5 on the road. Now, Washington State has been much better at home than they've been on the road, and Arizona has has played much better at home than they've had on the road. When they've had some of these questionable performances, they've typically been on the road. But when I look back at that first meeting, I'm really impressed. And that game was on Pac-12 Network. I, like most people, don't get Pac-12 Network. It's a big reason 
uh, or at least a part of the reason why the Pac-12 is going to essentially cease to exist in a couple months here. Uh, but I, I watched, I, I tried to find as much as I could on that game, actual footage of that game. I went back, I watched a large part of it, and what I really came away thinking when I watched that game, when I watched it back, I was impressed with the way that Washington State was able to limit Arizona inside. If you look at that game, Arizona's big man, Omar Ballo, he, he really struggled inside in that game. He had 11 points in the game, but he was 4 of 11 from the field, and Washington State blocked a ton of shots in this one. They made life very difficult on Balo. That was the thing that just visually stood out to me coming away from that game. And I think that's something that really travels well for Washington State. Now, in that game as well, Isaac Jones had a huge game for Washington State. He put up 24 points on 8 of 15 shooting in that one. He got to the free throw line 10 times. Again, something I think is very repeatable in this game. The other thing I really like about Washington State is they, they're not overly reliant on the three. In that win over Arizona, they only shot 13 three-pointers. They were four of 13. So it wasn't an instance where, you know, a top 10 team comes into town, the crowd's all fired up, everybody's jacked up, and you, you get really hot from deep. No, that's that's not what it was like. It's not what it was like at all. Washington State makes their hay inside the arc. Isaac Jones, 8 of 15 from the field in that game, 8 of 15 from inside the arc in that game. And again, got to the free throw line 10 times. I think this is a game that is close throughout. I just think it's too many points because the way that Washington State is playing right now, they are playing like a borderline top 10 team. If you look at BartTorvik.com, T-Rank, uh, one of my favorite tools to use, if you just look since January 22nd, Washington State is the number 13 team in the country over that time. And over that stretch, as I mentioned, they're 7-0. and They have the number 30 adjusted offense. They have the number 20 adjusted defense. And again, they are not a team that is overly reliant on the three-pointer. And that's one of the things that I, that I really look for and I love because it just creates so much variance when you are a team that is live by the three, die by the three. And if you watched Alabama-Florida at all, you saw it last night with Alabama in the first half where they were awful from beyond the arc, and it really killed them. And Alabama's a team that uh, th their three-point rate is among the highest in the country. But you don't have to worry about that with Washington State. So I think this is going to be a close one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona's able to get the win because Arizona is a very good team. Of course, they're they're going for a number one seat here. But when I just see the opportunity to get 12 and a half points with a team that over the last month has been a top 15 team, a borderline top 10 team in Washington State, I, I'm going to snap that up right here. So give me Washington State plus 12 and a half in the game of the night at Arizona. The other two games I have my eye on are games in the Big Ten, and typically on Thursday nights, this is what you see, Big Ten and Pac-12. The rest of the leagues, the rest of the power leagues aren't really playing on Thursday nights. The first game in the Big Ten is going to be, let's see, chronologically here, I think the first game is this Purdue game, but let's just make sure. Yeah, Purdue at Rutgers, 7 p.m., 
FS1. Uh, number three, Purdue, coming off a loss to Ohio State. They're going to host Rutgers. And Rutgers has done very well against Purdue over the past couple seasons. Since the start of the 2022 season, Rutgers is 2-3 and three against Purdue, including a win on the road in Mackey last season. They got a 65-64 win early in conference play. I think that game was like January 2nd or 3rd last year. It was very, very early in conference play. But Rutgers has played Purdue very well the past couple of years. And Rutgers is a team that they are a very good defensive team. That is what they are known for. They've really struggled defensively. If you look again, since that January 22nd timeframe, Rutgers is the number one adjusted defensive efficiency team in the country over that span. That's over their last seven games. The best adjusted defensive efficiency in the country. Rutgers makes life very hard on the offensive end for a lot of teams. But offensively, they're number 289 in the country. They really struggle to score. So Rutgers is, is a team of contrast here. Rutgers had put together a couple wins here recently uh, before, before dropping their last game to Minnesota. But it's been all on the defensive end for Rutgers. And that's been their MO. That's been their MO for the last several seasons. They had won four in a row before losing to Minnesota last Sunday. Look, I like the fact that they always play Purdue well, but the fact that they cannot score or that they struggle to score so often really concerns me in this one. Uh, This season, Purdue has only lost three games. So this will be their third game, their third time coming off of a loss. After their first loss, they proceeded to go out and beat Iowa 87 to 68 at home. After their second loss to Nebraska, they beat Penn State 95-78 at home. They've had big rebound situations after each of their first two losses. Now, I don't think they hammer Rutgers like that, but with the line being something like, I think it's 14, 14 and a half. Let's, again, I just want to confirm here. The uh, Rutgers is a 14 point dog on DraftKings, 14 and a half point on FanDuel. I think at that number, I'm going to stay away from either either team on the spread. But the number that really jumps out to me here is that Purdue team total of 77 and a half. And I'm going to go under 77 and a half here on the team total. Rutgers has had a lot of success against Purdue the past few seasons. And in those games, in those five games, the average score has been Purdue 71, Rutgers 66. Purdue scored 68, 84, 64, 70, and 68. So they're usually right around that 68, 70 point marker when they play Rutgers. That one outlier game was the uh, 84 point output. So I think that number is too high. I like 
under on that 77 and a half team total. I expect Zach Eady to get his. He typically has against Rutgers. He's gone to the free throw line a ton against Rutgers. Rutgers is very physical. They foul a lot. Edie's gone to the free throw line a lot. But where I think Rutgers has had success, and I think they can continue to have some success, is forcing turnovers from those Purdue guards. Now, Purdue's guards, I think, have certainly improved a lot this season Braden Smith in particular but that's still an area if you're gonna pick on something I think that's where you pick on Purdue and and we've seen at times them struggle with turnovers this season not quite to the same extent as last year but like in the loss to Northwestern early this year that was something that stood out they had 17 turnovers in that game 17 turnovers in that loss to Northwestern. So I like Rutgers' ability to force turnovers. I don't trust Rutgers' ability to score. So I'll take Purdue under 77.5 on the team total there. And then let's wrap things up with uh, the one of the other Big Ten games tonight, 8 p.m. on Big Ten Network, Minnesota host Ohio State. And Ohio State is coming off that monster upset of Purdue under interim coach Jake Diebler. That was their first game after firing Chris Holtman. Ohio State goes out and pulls a monster upset. I think this is a massive letdown spot for the Buckeyes. They're riding high after that win. But now they got to get back to business. Uh, Everybody was feeling good. And this is the interim. This is the thing with these interim situations. Sometimes you get that immediate spike, but then you got to get back to business. And Minnesota is a team that has, has been a pleasant surprise this year. Minnesota has been a bottom feeder in the Big Ten for the past couple of years. They're making significant progress this season in Ben Johnson's third season at the helm. They they have a chance to put together a uh, 500 or better conference record. They're sitting at 7-7 seven and seven right now. Uh, they are coming off an 81-70 win over Rutgers. They've won four of their last six, uh, and, th- and they, and they kind of rebounded after getting off to a slow start in conference play there. I I like the way that Minnesota has been playing recently. Ohio State did beat them earlier this season, but in that game, Minnesota big man Dawson Garcia had 36 points. Dawson Garcia absolutely dominates against Ohio State. Last year against the Buckeyes, he had another really big game as well where he put up 28 points. He was 7 for 11 inside the arc, 2 of 4 outside the arc. He went to the free throw line 11 times. This year in the loss, the 36-point game, he took a ton of shots. He took uh, 25 shots in that game. But again, he also got to the free throw line 14 times. I think that's very repeatable for Dawson Garcia in Minnesota. Uh, I think this is a a letdown spot for Ohio State. And I think the home court advantage has been so important in the Big Ten this season. The Big Ten, home teams in the Big Ten, have nearly a 700 winning percentage. They are 74 and 32 in conference games this season. That's a 698 winning percentage. So I like Minnesota there to flip things from the first meeting. I think all the factors are pointing their way. Give me Minnesota minus three and a half 
against the Buckeyes on this Thursday night. That's the show for today. Enjoy tonight's games, everybody. And until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold. <laughs>